Good morning, everyone. Hallelujah. This is Brother Joseph. Amen. Today is uh, November the 13th, 2022, and it's 9.05 in the morning. And I want to welcome everyone to the broadcast. Amen. Um, we're going to continue on in this series that the Lord dropped in my spirit, the pattern son, sonship. Amen. And uh, I'm very excited. Hallelujah. Talking about the things of God. Amen. Uh, I am a teacher to the body of Christ, and uh, I'm very excited, like I said. All right, November the 13th, 2022, amen, hallelujah, and um, like I said, I've been a couple of weeks back, you know, the Lord dropped some things in my spirit, I was sitting there in my bed, and I was laying down, getting ready to sleep, I wasn't really meditating or thinking about anything, and then I started thinking about, you know, what is going to be the next, the next step, so with that, you know, it, it, um, it got, some things were dropped in my spirit, the pattern, sun, sonship, and I started meditating on that, and I still continue to meditate on this. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a very significant thing to the Lord, amen. First of all, you know, like I said, this series, I mean, this session, the inheritance or the will of God, you know, what is the will of God, right? And, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. And, um, First of all, you know, the wonderful thing about this is that you can't have an inheritance until you have sons. And then you can't, you can't, you can't, um, you know, the Father, God the Father, this is what he's been wanting all along is, is sons and daughters that he could give his inheritance to, you see. And a father has to have sons or heirs to be able to give the inheritance to. And so, but likewise, there has to be a son to give the inheritance to. And, and it works both ways. God the Father wants to give the inheritance. He already has given the inheritance in Christ Jesus, amen. But on top of that, you have to be a son that's mature, an heir that's mature and ready to receive the inheritance. Because there's a purpose, obviously, with what God is bringing us into. And obviously, everything, the culmination is Christ, right? Everything all in one in Christ Jesus our Lord as far as unified under the under that sonship uh, mantle, amen. And because there's a, a there's 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 responsibilities, there's things that God wants us to bring to bring to us to bring us into, but not if we're not able to manage it as He would manage it on earth as it is in heaven. A couple of weeks back, I had a dream, and um, it was just a real quick dream. I was having a discussion with the brother and uh, from the fellowship in Marshall, brother guy, and. I don't know. I said to him, we need sons to put over these responsibilities. And that was it. That was the end of the dream. And it was apropos to what, what the Lord has been, um, you know, had has laid on my heart, right? And like I said, I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, I mean, that was the extent of the dream, right? We have to have somebody to give the responsibility to. Even in business, right, there has to be mature or individuals that will be, that'll be willing to take on the responsibility and, and do it with representation, right? There's only two things we can do with authority, represent or substitute, right? So it was very, like I said, right on point with what the Lord has been revealing to me all these years, if you will, and that you can't step into the inheritance until you come into maturity, 
And uh, <clears throat> now God will reveal little by little as you grow in the Lord. But again, we're going to get into that. But again, you have to understand what does his word say? What does the will say? Right? What is the will? The will is what's, it's what's telling us what's being designated or given. All right? Now, hallelujah. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this wonderful day today. I thank you for the warm sun, sun that's coming up. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name for your faithfulness and how you drop your desire and your intent into my heart, Father God, to bring forth your purpose, amen, your will, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, Lord God, over every one of us, Father God, and how that you are faithful and you watch over your word, Father God, and how that you're not a man that you should lie, glory to God, neither are you the son of man that you should repent, Father, for have you said and shall you not do it, and have you spoken it and shall you not make it good? And I thank you, Lord God, for the way, Father God, that's been made available to us through our Lord Jesus Christ, amen, the way into your presence, Father. And I thank you, Lord God, as we mature and as we grow up, Father God, you reveal facets of your purpose for our lives, Father God, little by little, Father God, and not with haste, amen. We don't need to be in a hurry about your plans and your desires for our lives. I know, Father God, that you're right on time, amen, for everything that you're bringing us into, and I know, Father God, in Jesus' name, that we must honor your ways, Father God, in order to come into your purpose for our lives. And I thank you, Lord God, that that purpose is sonship, amen. Teaching us, Father God, the kingdom of God, showing us the way of God, amen. Bringing us into your purpose, O oh God, the work, O oh God. The responsibilities that you want to lay on our hearts, Father God, and in our lives, Father God, knowing that we're going to represent as you would do it on earth as it is in heaven. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father, for for. The, the the life and my spirit, Father God, and how you're electrifying me, Lord God, even now with your words and with your purposes and with your desires. I love you, Father, and I bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's interesting that when I go into prayer, like I did, you know, all these things start sparking in my spirit. Amen. Ideas and principles, you know, the kingdom of God start coming forth out of my heart. And it's not something that I have to you know, triggered to make it happen, right? It's the presence of God, amen. It's the life of God. And we're going to see that today and how that, you know, something passed between the pieces, amen. And, man, I was just, I've been, you know, meditating on this scripture in Genesis 15 for, for a few weeks, you know, going over and over and over it, right? And how that, um, verse 10, 15, 10, Genesis, and he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. And I've just been going over that, right? Because as we read on down, you know, something happened and something passed between the pieces, right? And and a covenant was made, amen? And a, and a covenant is not made unless there's cutting, amen? And so in 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 what God had instituted, right, the, the male was on the eighth day, though, I'm sorry, the eighth day he was circumcised. And in other words, the, the cutting of the foreskin, the pulling away, right, from the flesh. And we know that according to the Word of God in Romans chapter, I think it's chapter 2, that not all that are of Israel are of Israel, Paul said. Man, you can imagine when he made this, when he brought forth this revelation, how it just, how it just, those that heard it, you know, that, that, that knew that they were from the Jewish lineage, Yet in their hearts, because they had not circumcised the flesh in their lives, their hearts, right? Uh, they weren't 
Israel, the Israel of God. The Israel of God, right, is, is those that rule as God, you see? Manage as God, do it as God. Verse 25, Romans 2.25, For circumcision verily profiteth if, if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. In other words, if you're a breaker of the covenant, that's it. There is no more agreement. <laughs> and which is what Paul is saying here. Therefore, if the uncircumcision, verse 26, keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? Right? The sign of the covenant. The agreement that God made with man via Abram. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee? In other words, testify against you? <clears throat> Who by letter and circumcision does transgress the law? Now, verse 28. For he is not a Jew. Remember, the Jewish culture, the Jewish nation, all right, the Israelites, the ones that rule as God, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. Remember, all things that the Word of God teaches, 1 Corinthians 15, I think it's 26, right? Now i got to go quote it because I don't... <laughs> it's, like I said, it's driving in my spirit here, man. All right, verse 26. No, I'm sorry, that wasn't it. 15, 40... Maybe it's 45. Yeah. Mm. Or 46. Howbeit, that was not first, which is spiritual, which is the word pneumaticals, but that which is natural. Okay, natural here is the Greek word sukiko, soulish. All right. And afterwards, that which is spiritual. All right. So in other words, the sign, the cutting away of the foreskin was a, a spiritual understanding, a mystery that needed to be understood and the only way I could describe it to you, God was saying, God told them, God directed them, is that they, on the eighth day, the, the male has to be circumcised. In other words, the cutting away of the flesh. Now, so, <clears throat> all right, let me get back to that. Verse 28 again, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. Verse 29, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly glory to God the true tabernacle not made with hands glory to God and circumcision is a that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of man but of God amen circumcision is a matter of the heart Paul said and the what has to be cut away is the, is the carnal man the carnal man he is the one that's the problem <laughs> with us receiving from the Lord and with us understanding what's behind the veil. And the veil, the scripture says the veil was the flesh. Amen. And and so now I want to read a couple of things out of uh, Hebrews chapter 9. And I, you know, I encourage every one of you, you know, as you pursue God, God will reveal himself to you. Amen. He's not trying to hold back anything. And everything that we need and we have is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Amen. When you need him, he's there for you. All right. He is the go-between. Amen. He is the man, Christ Jesus, glory to God, the merest most man, the only one that knew, understood the beginning of how to walk in distinction. What is of God? What is not of God? What is of your spirit? What is of your soul? What is being inspired from the world? 
versus your spirit. You see, all these sources that try to bring direction to our lives, all right? And the scripture teaches us, in, in I think it's in Romans chapter 14, verse 8. Is that it? I'm sorry, Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 14. Let's see if I got this right. No, I don't have it right. Mm. Well, the point is, the scripture says in Proverbs that counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding and, what does it say? I am understanding and I, ha and I, ha and I have strength. In other words, I counsel is mine, saith the Lord. I'm going to look this up real quick. Hold on, please. Council, C O U N. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah, Father. All right, yeah, Proverbs eight fourteen. Well, the reason I got it wrong because I had it backwards. <laughs> Proverbs eight fourteen. All right. And what I'm trying to say to you here is that no one has the right to make bring direction to your life except God. And he does that out of your spirit, man. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. Advices, purposes, and plans are mine. That's what the Lord is saying. And sound wisdom, even enterprise. I'm the one that's going to give you the wisdom to understand how to approach an enterprise that, that I'm bringing you into. And not only that, I am understanding because I understand what you need. I have strength. I've got all the force, the, the ability, the might, the strength the resources to accomplish what I'm bringing you into, your inheritance. Amen? All right. Let's go back to uh, Hebrews where I want to start reading a little bit from. Praise God. Man. Hallelujah, Father. I thank you, Lord God, right now, Father. Amen. We'll start with verse 11. Hebrews chapter 9, 11. Now remember, everything that was the tabernacle, right? See that you make it according to what I showed you on the mount, Moses, he said. Everything about that tabernacle was about this tabernacle not made with hands. You have the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies, you see. And in the holy of holies is where the inspiration, the direction would come for Israel, for those that rule as God, out of your spirit, man, revealing to you in your soul the holy place, and therefore working it out here in the in the natural realm. Okay, so verse nine eleven says, "But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, glory to God, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. All right, neither." By the blood of goats and cows, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained, obtained eternal redemption for us. Glory to God. Listen to that. Eternally redeemed. Amen. And redemption here, um, Hebrew, a Greek word here, means a ransoming, a redemption. Deliverance especially from the penalty or the effect of sin. Right? Praise God. So, for if the blood 
of bulls and goats are at the sacrifice, and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, if it did, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself, he was the sacrifice, amen? He didn't take a sacrifice from anybody but himself. He was the sacrifice. It says, shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Amen. Praise God. And we're going to see the dead works right now in a little bit here. As we get into the outline, we're going to see how that God delivered Abram from dead works and brought him into faith toward God. Amen. And the just shall live by faith. Glory to God. Amen. Now, and for this cause, he is the mediator, glory to God, the go-between of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first contract, under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance, glory to God. And that's what we're going to be discussing today, the inheritance, the will of God. Amen. What is the inheritance, all right? Are, am I the inheritance? What inheritance is God giving me? Is God the inheritance, all right? What is the inheritance of Babylon? What are the ministers of Babylon, the priests of Babylon, the sons of God, daughters of God that are serving in Babylon? What do they get? They have the reward, Jesus said in Matthew 6. What is the world? How do they obtain an inheritance, right? Well, there has to be a will. And in that will, there's instructions on who is to receive the inheritance and what they receive, what portion is being designated or allotted to them, right? And then the kingdom of God. What is our inheritance? Who is our inheritance? All right? And these are all the questions that, are, that started coming to me in my spirit. And, of course, I go to the Word, amen, to find the answers. And uh, praise God. So he says here, <clears throat> Eternal inheritance, and inheritance is, you know, property received or to be received. What is given to one as a possession. The eternal blessedness consummated of the consummated kingdom of God, which is to be expected after the visible return of Christ. And it's interesting that when you go looking at these um, commentaries, a lot of them are always talking about future tense, all right? What the future, what we're going to gain in the future. But guess what? He's got an inheritance for you right now, today. He's got a purpose for you. You can't understand your purpose until you understand your origin. And as a, and, and of the origin that what we came from is our Father, God. We have one Father, glory to God. Jesus prayed, our Father who art in heaven. Amen. We've all been generated from one Father in the Spirit. All right? Now the question is, is that are you following after God or not? in your spirit after I mean, are you being led of the spirit in other words in pursuing god god is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth i mean when you look in the natural right my sons you know i'm not saying we have a perfect life or a perfect situation or anything but i know that they love their daddy glory to god and their mother and uh i'm just so grateful for you know god and my family and what he's given us. And, and like I said, I'm not saying we're perfect or anything. I'm saying that God is faithful. 
And if we learn the contract, if we learn the will of what's been written in this contract, in this testament, we begin to understand and get revealed to us what the purpose of God is. You see, sonship. I need a son because I cannot give him the inheritance if he's not grown up. Can't you hear the heart of the father? He can't give the inheritance to a son or daughter that's not mature and walking in maturity because they're going to misrepresent. And there's plenty of instances where Jesus is talking about this, about the unjust stewards, right? And those that, that, that decided that, you know, the, the master's not coming, Jesus is not coming, all right? And, and therefore, he's not going to check up on me on this responsibility that he's given me, and therefore, I can just be loose and start drinking and start harassing everybody, you know, as he's pointing out to us in the parables. And, uh, and of course, when the master does come, he severs him, cuts him off, because you broke the contract, man. You severed the relationship when you mismanaged what I had given you in responsibility. And I don't want to be an unjust steward, amen. I want to be a son of God that represents the Father in the earth exactly the way he wants it done, amen. And we cannot understand this unless we understand the will of God. The will is the word. The word, what's written, what we're looking at. <clears throat> now, for there, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity all right, a testament or the will, a disposition, arrangement of any sort which which one wishes to be valid, the last disposition which one makes of his earthly possessions after his death, a testament or will. The will of God is God's word, amen. And this testament, as he says here, for a will, I'm just going to say will because that's what testament means, for where a will is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Somebody had to die in order for you to receive the inheritance, body of Christ. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. And Jesus said, This is now the blood of my testament, my covenant. I want to look at that real quick on something here. Hebrews chapter 9. Let's see, was it? Verse 20. I'm going to look at something. I want to just see what some of the referring verses are here because I, like I said, you know, Jesus, he told him this is now the new covenant. This is the new contract, the new will. All right. <clears throat> Matthew 26, verse 28. For this is my blood of the new will, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Praise God. 
the new will, the new testament, the new covenant, the new agreement that I'm making, the new will that I have proposed to you now through my word, and you're not going to get the inheritance of the will that I've written out if you don't come into maturity as sons of God and daughters of God. Body of Christ. You can't get this inheritance any other way. Now, wait a minute. Let me back up here. You can get an inheritance, but is it from the Father? Another way to say that is which Father gave you your inheritance? All right? Hmm. And that was in, like I said, Matthew 26, 28. And he took the cup, verse 27, gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink ye all of it. Every drop, glory to God. For this is my blood of the new will, the testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. All right? So this is the blood of the new covenant, right? And, and all that came from Exodus 24, 8, right? And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant, which is which the Lord hath made, with you concerning all these words, amen. And right, like I said, back then, the blood was the blood of animals and bulls and goats. But this time, moreover, verse 21, he sprinkled, 921 Hebrews, with blood, both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. Remission here is a Greek word. It means release from bondage or imprisonment. You see, the enemy, his desire is to keep you back from the inheritance or what's, what the Father willed in his word to you. And he does that through many facets, right? Through distractions, right? Jesus said if your eye be single, then your whole body is full of light. All right? Light. Direction. In other words, you have direction, your purpose is set, and you don't falter from that. All right? <clears throat> and so, all things are purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. You're not going to get released from the bondage of corruption, all right, and come into sonship unless first you must be born again, or you cannot enter into this kingdom of my Father, amen, and when you enter into the kingdom and learn the ways of the kingdom of God, come into maturity as a son of God, guess what? In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. And if I go, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, where I am in maturity and in sonship, in relationship with my Father, that where I am, there may you be also, body of Christ. But you can't get there where Jesus Christ is through this Babylonian foolishness that's out there. You know, in my walk with the Lord, I remember when I got born again, right? And and my desire, I just fell in love with God, right? With the Word, with the Lord Jesus, the Holy Ghost. I didn't understand it, obviously. Oh. I'm not saying I understand all now. I'm just saying I didn't have understanding about God's kingdom. All right? And the first thing, obviously, is they, they, you know, they wanted to put me, 
you know, with the Spanish Baptist group, all right? That's happened to me another time, you know. And uh, I remember, you know, reading other pamphlets. It's another brother used to give me, Brother Woody. And uh, I would I would read these little pamphlets, and, and uh, he would give me these little booklets and different sources, you know, that were giving me information. You know, God was loading me up, man. The word, the word, the word. Praise God. Everywhere I went, I was reading, you know, little booklets, baptism in the Holy Ghost, you know, Charles Caps, you know, I mean, all these little booklets and, and these tapes. I would get these tapes from different people. Anyway, um, and I was just so hungry for God, you know, and, and it was such a disappointment when I asked a brother, I said, well, what about this baptism in the Holy Ghost? What about speaking in tongues, body of Christ, right? He says, pay no mind to that. That's of the devil. How could something be, that's in the word of God, Jesus saying that my word is forever, my testament is forever, my will is forever, said the Lord, be something that's not of God? Isn't that ridiculous how we've, how we've the, like I said, the Babylonian system, right, and the captivity that Babylon keeps you in? My goodness. And uh, I just remember being disappointed you know because i wanted I, I saw the word it said this and you're telling me this and in my mind i'm like how can this not be true if it's god's word and that's the thing that kept me constantly going forward going forward going forward and having faith toward god you know 30 1600 fold uh coming coming forth and and the blade the ear the full corn you know continuously moving forward in faith toward god amen i didn't understand that i was living righteously, <laughs> the right way of God. I mean, I didn't understand all this, right? But I knew that that God was continuously moving me forward as I uncovered his word and as I discovered what his word said to me. And uh, I didn't understand why not everybody else was in love with the Lord. What's wrong with you, you know? And uh, it was enough, you know, for, for those individuals that were around my life at that time. It was enough to, you know, go to, go to a fellowship somewhere and have, quote, church and and uh, get the message for that day, you know. But, but the lives weren't changing, amen. The lives weren't changing, amen. There was no progression in the Lord. And, and uh, so as he told Abram, in Genesis 15, I am the Lord that brought you out of the Ur of the of the Chaldees, right? I brought you out of that land. I brought you out of that all that idolatry and all that foolishness, all that mystical religion, all that astrology, all that foolishness, all their philosophies and their views. I brought you out of all that, Abram, to serve the living God, amen. He brought him out of dead works, and he brought him into faith toward God. And because the scripture says, because he believed, it was accounted to him for righteousness. And guess what? It's the same thing for us, body of Christ. If we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, continuously being refreshed and renewed, eternal Zoe, eternal life every day, coming forth out of your spirit and bringing direction and life and presence of God with you everywhere you go. 
a young man at work that I work with, and he said something about what do you bring? And I said, I bring the presence of God, Lord of God, everywhere I go. That's what I said to him. When you start getting the rea- reality that you are the tabernacle of God, you are the pattern of what God desired in the earth. And the, and the model that we live up to, the rule of God, the canon that we manage our lives and, and, and measure our lives against is Jesus Christ. All right? Mm. So, it was therefore necessary, verse 23 in Hebrews 9, that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. And of course, like I said, Jesus was the sacrifice. All right? For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures, all right, the models of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, glory to God, the way. I am the way, Jesus said, the truth and the life. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy places every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the age hath he appeared to put away sins by the sacrifice of himself put away sin and as it is appointed unto man once to die but after this the judgment so then Christ once offered was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation alright if you keep your eyes focused on the Lord and keep looking for him glory to God he will appear and he will reveal himself to you eternally bringing you that life of God, that deliverance of God from the effect and the perversion of sin, right? The effect of sin, right? And I've covered that a lot of times, and, and I'm not going to go into all that, but now I want to start talking about the outline, and I've been alluding to several things here, but I want you to see now from the Word of God some things. Lord of God. <laughs> First of all, let's read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Amen. Wow. Now, you realize that this subject of talking about the inheritance is so large. Amen. So many facets. Right? You've got the will. You've got the heirs. You've got the one given the will, the Father. You see? And the will is the word. The word is the testament. The word is what I desire said the Lord. You see? So in Ephesians 1.18, that the the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And it always bothers me the way that's worded right there because uh it, it's kind of difficult to understand what he's what Paul is saying there, and uh, but if you look at it from other translations, let's go look at that same passage in the Amplified, if, Ephesians chapter one verse eighteen. Praise God, Ephesians chapter one verse eighteen. All right, so here we go. Uh, Ephesians chapter one. All right, hang on a minute. Let me get to that one eighteen. 
by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. His set-apart ones. Saints of God, amen. And let's look at that in the in the Passion, all right? Passion translation. Praise God. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances, inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. I think you're starting to see the picture. Let's look at it in message. That's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in Master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop thanking God for you every time I prayed. I think of you and give thanks. I prayed, I think of you and give thanks, but I do more than thank. I ask, I ask God the Father, our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what is it what it is he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him, endless energy, boundless strength. Man. You see, body of Christ, you are the inheritance. Of the Father. Because of the inheritance that he's bringing to you, and because you've come into maturity, and, 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 and like I said, you now understand how to utilize what he's given you, right? Because you have to have understanding how to manage what he's bringing you into, right? And all along, it's God fulfilling his very word to your life. But guess what? The inheritance that he's given you now becomes his inheritance. You are the inheritance of God. Amen. And he desires all of us to grow up and bring come into maturity. Amen. So back to Ephesians 118. Mm. All right. And so let's go now and look at verse 9, the will. Amen. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, his desire, his intent, and his purpose, glory to God, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that, verse 10, that in the dispensation of, of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one, glory to God, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated, glory to God, according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Amen. The will of God is God's word. What he wrote, this is what he desires. And, and when we begin to understand Christ, the image, all right, it, earlier in one of the translations, it says the imagination is the image, right? 
if you behold the image, which is Christ Jesus, which is the word of God, which is the will of God, then you become like the image. You see? Amen? But you have to behold God. You have to pursue the Lord. Now, what one wishes or has determined shall be done. That is the will of the purpose of God to bless mankind through Jesus Christ, through the patterned son. You see, when you model your life after the rule of God, the canon, the word of God, the standard, amen, the measure, you measure your life against the Lord, the word, you see, this is the will of God. What the father wishes to be done by his sons and daughters, his very desire and what he what he, what the way he wants it done. And all of this he's revealing to us by his spirit, the Holy Ghost, amen. As the Holy Ghost up and down in between our spirit and our soul, amen. God revealing from his spirit the breath of God, the word of God, lighting on the word of God. Your soul now begins to meditate and understand and comprehend what the Lord is saying. In him was Zoe, John 1, 4, and the Zoe, the light, was the life, the life. In him was Zoe, Zoe, and the Zoe, the life of God, was the light of man. In him, in you, is Zoe. And that Zoe of God is the light, the comprehension, the revelation, the understanding of the will of God, the word of God, what he wrote. The will, the choice, the inclination, the desire, and what he, what pleases him. Amen? What one wishes or has determined shall be done. Now look at the definition here. The word will. Will is the Greek word tel, telima. Interesting that my mom's name was Thelma. She was very uh, a driven woman, you know, always had that drive look on her face. But it just means that that is uh, specifically the purpose, the decree, or the volition, or passively the inclination. The desire, the pleasure, and the will are some of the words that it's translated as. So, in Ephesians 1, 9, the scripture says that he purposed in himself. Amen? Ephesians 1, 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to, the good, to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. It was the very purpose of God within his own self through our Lord Jesus Christ in fulfilling his will. And the will was the mystery of sonship. The will. I've got to raise up sons because if I don't have sons, I can't give them the inheritance, saith the Lord. Wow. And to purpose is to place before to set forth as a goal. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. The goal of what God had in mind, he had to keep it before him. He had to look at it. He had, expo had to, it had to be exposed in front of him. I need to see the purpose or the goal, right? And this word purpose is to place before that is to exhibit, right? And the place and the purpose of God, right, which he purposed in himself, is that we've got to stay in his presence, amen? We've got to be forever being ministered to and ministered, minister and ministered to from our spirits, constantly in the presence of God, Amen. The purpose of God, purposed in Himself. He, this purpose is is within you, the drive, the desire, 
the will, the intent, the choice of what God has, where he wants to take you, comes out of your spirit, man. And it has to be constantly before you. This is how it fulfills in raising you up as a mature son or daughter, sonship. He brings you up out of your spirit. In Ephesians 1.10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather to one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Now, this word, um, bring all things, he might gather together, he might gather together, is that the one? Yeah. That's one Greek word, right? He might gather together in one. It's all one Greek word. And it means to gather together, to sum up, to re to repeat similarly, similarly, to condense into a summary all things in Christ. In other words, sonship. The desire and the purpose of God of what he had in mind was to bring forth sons and daughters into maturity. And, and I always throw that in their daughters because when the daughters start understanding their purpose is sonship, then it's very simple because they understand that they should represent God's word, right? And it's very clear, you know, the will of God concerning his daughters and what he had his mind in mind for his daughters. First of all, I'm going to make him a help meet. She's going to help him. And I'm going to give him the vision, the purpose, the will, the vision, and so on. The goal is going to be in front of him, and she's going to help him. Second of all, you need to be training my daughters how to conduct their lives in all stages of their lives, as little babies, as toddlers, as young girls, as adolescents, you know, as young daughters that are now grown up and they're gifted and so on. The older women, the scripture teaches us that they should be teaching the young women how to love their husbands even. Why would we need that? <laughs> Well, because the philosophies and the views of this world and all its foolishness gets into the minds of all of us, unless we cast down imaginations, right? Unless we know the principles of God and how to war against these philosophies and views. And and so it's so sad because even part of the, uh, the place is what uh, some of the things that have precedence in in this recent election is that you know, the abortion message was was uh, something that people desired. Isn't that interesting? In other words, it's one of their first priorities is that we need to have abortion in the earth. Well, that's demonic. <laughs> All right, now, so obtained an inheritance, right? All right, now, uh, let's see here. Where's that one come from? Yeah, verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him. Purpose, again, is the setting forth of a thing to place it in front of the goal of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Praise God. After the counsel of his own very word that's written, the testament, you see. And uh, we've obtained an inheritance to, to cast lots to determine by lot to assign on to another as a possession, a heritage. Now, heritage, it, it, it means a background or tradition, right? 
But it says here, ancestry, bequest, birthright, convention, culture, custom, dowry, endowment, estate, fashion, heirship, heritance, inheritance, legacy, lot, patrimony, portion, right, share, tradition. To allot, to assign as a privilege is what the Strong says. So we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated. It was before God thought about this beforehand. Predetermined it, foreordained it. To limit in advance that is to predetermine. He already set the boundaries of how this is going to come to pass. According to his word, according to the will of what he wrote for his sons and his daughters. And how did that will come into, um, as it said earlier, somebody had to die in order for the will to be legit and uh, and passed on? And that someone was Jesus Christ, you see? He was the sacrifice, amen? So the adoption of sons, let's see here. Yeah, i got a few more minutes. So we... And, you know, according to the Word of God, now, let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 29 here, talking about predestinated to be conformed. See, God had predetermined already in his heart and his mind the way of God and what he was going to and how he was going to bring all this to, to fruition in Christ. Verse 29, Romans chapter 8, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. To be conformed to the image of his son, the weos of God, the fully matured sons, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, you know, he called us his brothers. Amen. Isn't that beautiful that Jesus is the everlasting father, but he's also your brother? And how is that possible, right? Well, because a father is a son. And a son becomes a father. You see, it's about the stage of God in your life, right? And uh, so the firstborn among many brethren, verse 30, he says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called, and when he called, then he also justified, and when he justified, then he also glorified. Mm. And what shall we say then to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. It's time for us to grow up, body of Christ. We've got to get this, man. We've got to understand the mystery of his will, the purpose of God. We are the inheritance of God. And God gives us that inheritance. Amen? Back to Ephesians 1.5. Mm. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of of children, the placing of his son by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Mm, what he wrote down. And so see, the sonship is 5206 is the word wethesia, and it means the placing of a son. Amen? The adoption of sons. The nature, listen to the statement, the nature and condition of true disciples in Jesus Christ who by receiving the Spirit of God into their hearts and being trained in their souls, glory to God, into the culture of the kingdom of God, become fully mature sons of God and as sons and daughters do the will or the inheritance of God 
on earth as it is in heaven. As sons of God doing the will of God. A son of God that's following after God that's representing the Father can only do God's will. And his desire is to only please the Father. And the words that he speaks, they're not his words. They are the words of the Father. The words that I speak. Amen. The doctrine, what he's teaching you is not his, it's the Father's. He's not speaking of himself. He's not making himself of a reputation. You see, he's not trying to let everybody see him and know him. He made himself of no reputation, glory to God. He wasn't interested in all this foolishness of the world and their marketing techniques and their perversions. And they're selling themselves out to the highest bidder, you see. My goodness. Oh, man. All right. So, in the Strong's, the word adoption of children here, it says, the placing as a son, that is, adoption, figuratively, Christian sonship and respect to God. Man. I'm going to read that verse here in, in uh, Amplified Version, Ephesians 1.5. For he foreordained us, that is, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ. In accordance with the purpose of his will, because it was it pleased him and it was his kind intent. It was the desire of God, amen, to bring forth sons that would represent him. The spirit of sonship, amen. Look at this one in Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Praise God. I'll tell you what, boy, it's, it's, it, it seems like it's a hard pill to swallow, right? But what we don't understand is that when you come into sonship, you're free, man. You're free from the bondage of corruption. You're free from the imagery of the world and what they, what it, what Satan tries to distract you with. You no longer pay attention to that foolishness. All right. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We're no longer in bondage, glory to God. We've been set free eternally. But we have received the spirit of adoption, we thesia, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You see, our cry is constantly to the Father. We go to the Father. Father, I pray for so-and-so. Father, this individual that's come with me, I agree with them in prayer. See, we are the go-betweens between God and man. We are the eternal priesthood, amen. We are the ones that serve God just as Jesus does ever living to make intercession for the saints. Oh, man. Mm. My God. Hallelujah, Father. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, I thank you for this revelation of sonship, glory to God, and this inheritance, which is your will, which is your word, amen, bringing us into your way, which shows us your work. It must be your way, Father, or it's not of you. And I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, for bringing us this revelation today. I thank you, Lord God, for the impact of your spirit, glory to God, 
as you impact the body of Christ, Father God, out of their spirits, Father God, and you cause them to rise up in the name of Jesus Christ and come out of Babylon. As your word says, come out of her, or you will be judged with her. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness, oh God, and your word, and how you watch over your word to perform it, glory to God. And we don't have to be in a hurry, Father God, about you performing your word, Father, because you will see it to come to pass, because you are a God of integrity, glory to God. You maintain your word and the integrity of word of your word, Father. You are integrity, glory to God. And I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, for your faithfulness, Lord God. I thank you for this precious time with you, Father God. And I bless you, Lord God, and I give you praise, Father, and I honor you, Father. And I love you, Father, as a son of God, amen. And I bless you, Father God, and I pray, Lord God, that you would put the desire in your people, Father God, to want to follow after you, Lord God, and want to learn of your ways, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God, that this house, Father God, a house of prayer for all nations. All nations can come to you through your sons. All nations can get their petitions heard through your sons, Father God, because we are priests of the Most High God, even as Melchizedek was a priest of the Most High God. He stood in between you, Father, and the people. Amen. And even as Christ, the patterned Son, glory to God, we stand in the middle, glory to God, mediating, Father. I thank you, Lord, for your counsel, Father God. Counsel is mine. Understanding plans and purposes, glory to God. Determinations and wills are mine, saith the Lord. I and sound wisdom, glory to God. I am understanding. I have strength, glory to God. I thank you, Father, for the strength of your spirit, glory to God, to get this job done, Father God, to bring sonship into the earth, Father. For we know this is your will, Father. And we bless you in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. Amen.
The city. 